buddies. Welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, with the very mighty Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group headed by yours truly. And as of this recording, uh, the beginning of May here in the year of 2023, the year of our Lord Jess Franco, um, I am happy to announce that I have now four, actually now five Blu-rays because I just finished another one that will be out very soon. By the time you listen to this podcast, it should be available and ready for sale. Right now we have available uh, Emmanuel in Sin City Special Edition on Blu-ray with audio commentary. Actually, let me get everything here so we have everything that I can talk about. We have uh, Manuel in Sin City here that has uh, audio commentary. It's got a trailer reel. It's got a picture gallery, behind-the-scenes photos, all that good stuff on um, 1080p, uh, AVC encoded, PCM stereo, and all that good stuff. A widescreen, of course. And we have a Lady Hyde Blu-ray, which has audio commentary, special edition, with audio commentary by yours truly, writer-director Jason Rudy, theatrical trailer, and behind-the-scenes photo gallery as well. And that is a 1920 by 1080 p full HD resolution, AVC encoded, and PCM stereo. And we have the short films of Jason Rudy, Volume 1, which has, uh, from 2007 to 2016, four short films running 117 minutes long, uh, Room 412, The Last Road to Hell, Chump Change, and The Dirty ABC Rhyme, along with the special features of the Creative Process Interview Part 1. And uh, that's about about a half-hour interview, so that runs about two and a half hours total. And the short films of Jason Rudy, Volume 2. Uh, actually, the first one is titled Dirty Deeds and Desperate Visions. And Volume 2 is titled Demon Dames and Desperate Visions. And this is uh, 2010 to 2016. It runs 116 minutes, and it features four short films, Lady M., the Hunt for Superfox, Simone La Femme de Mon, and Report 2057. So yeah, that's eight short films right there on those two titles. And it runs 116 minutes unrated, and it has uh, as a special feature the Creative Process Interview Part 2. So I put all these together on Blu-ray, did all the menus, and uh, these is as well. Um, uh, uh, what I say? Oh yeah, it's also... Um, uh, widescreen, 16 by 9 uh, PCM stereo and AVC encoded on all the releases and uh, which I haven't got back yet but by like I said, the time you hear this I will have uh, Late Night Nudie Cutie Cinema it's a double feature Blu-ray and that has the two films um, The Desires of Dawn and Mondo Visions and they both have audio commentary by myself and trailers for both films. Oh, yeah, there's also trailers on uh, Lady Hyde and Emmanuel as well. So, yeah, so right there you'll have uh, 10, like 12 films right there. So, and uh, then we have, uh, I have basically all of 18 films to my name. 
Um, so the other six, of course, are um, Love Blade, Sukibon Octopus Pot. I'm going to put those two out soon on a double feature Blu-ray as well. And then we have Mondo Sacramento 1 and Mondo Sacramento 2, which is on Tubi right now. So if you have Tubi, type in Mondo Sacramento 2 or Jason Rudy, and you'll find that free to watch. And uh, we have those as a double feature DVD with uh, audio commentary and a bunch of special features. And I might upgrade that to Blu-ray. It's going to be ported over, though, a lot of the same features. So I like to be transparent with everything and let everybody know. Um, but, yeah, it'll be a better quality, of course, on Blu-ray. So I might remaster that. And then we have um, two films that I'm working on right now. Uh, she Knows Ferratu, which if you listen to the podcast, you know me talking about that. That'll be out by the end of the year. Um, and then also a film that I worked on a while and uh, is picking back up and finishing up, and that's Mondo Visions 2, um, which is a nudie cutie film as well. And so, yeah, so you'll have basically uh, 18 films from the mighty Desperate Visions Productions. So that's where we're at on this time frame. And as you're listening to this podcast, this is a different one. Um, this is, uh, I'm going to do something today that's not really a Franco film, but it is a Franco film, kind of. And so we're going to, the beginning part's going to be a little different. I'm not going to read a bunch of stuff about it because it's really not what it is. So this is uh, episode 141, and I'm not counting this as the Franco canon because he wrote this film, and from what I've been reading, he started the production, I guess, and then left, although I've read that he didn't film any of it. But there's like one or two scenes that look like he might have filmed it. Um, The uh, party scene and then the scene where they're driving the car looks like Franco's style to me. But the rest is filmed by and, um, uh, Andrea Bianchi, and that is the film Angel of Death. So, uh, But if you get the Blu-ray from Full Moon, they have basically Jess Franco's Angel of Death, and it says directed by Andrea Bianchi and Jess Franco. So I don't know. Um, but uh, we also kind of did this back as a bonus episode on May 11th of 2021, actually almost close to two years ago. And that, of course, is Jess Franco's birthday. So, um, and that that episode was, uh, we did one for um, kind of the similar thing. We did one for um, between episodes 33 and 34. So it's like episode 33B. And we did that one for Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra, which was a film that Franco wrote and then it was changed, but he started writing on that. Um, and that was, uh, it's all the, it's a Joe D'Amato film from 1976. It was originally conceived and planned in 1970 by Jess Franco produced by Harry Allen towers. And if you watch that film, you'll see a lot of Jess Franco stuff all through that. So yeah, so that's what I'm kind of doing with this. Um, I'm going to go through and read some of the notes that talk about this film, how it was planned and then I'm going to go through and read the um, letterboxed stuff for it, some different reviews people wrote about it, what they thought about it. And then I'm going to go through and do the Franco list and give you my critique on that film as well and uh, kind of make it a different kind of an episode because uh, after the last episode, Fallow Crest, I kind of need a little something different to uh, 
clean the palate, so to speak. That, wow, that's that's still very interesting film. So, all right. Well, Angel of Death first started off um, being planned and filmed first in 1984, and then in '86, and then this film, Angel of Death, came out. It says '85, but I heard '86 as well. And then he tried to pick it up again in '94, supposedly, but he had it uh, planned as um, Gentes del Rio. And that's the Spanish theatrical title for River People. And it was unreleased. Um, and he had planned this basically right after Bangkok appointment with death. And before uh, La Esclava Blanca, The White Slave, which was like about 85, just before this film was made. So that that's actually makes pretty close sense if this Angel of Death came out in 85. Um, the second shooting period was El Hombre... Cumato e Mengele, the second shooting period. That was the men who killed the man who killed Mengele, which is that's this film's about. Uh, the third shooting period was We Must Kill Klaus, is what it was going to be called. That was through Manicoa Films, of course, Uncle Jess's company. Um, the first shooting date for Gente Rio was 1985. Second shooting period for El Hombre Cumato e Mengele is 1986. And then finally, the third shooting period, um, Il Faust de Klaus, 1994. Writer, director, producer, Jess Franco. Director of photography, Juan Solar Cozar. Uh, camera operator, Jess Franco. Camera assistant, Angel Ordales. Production manager, Antonio Mayan. Of course, I get this information out of the book Flowers of Perversion, The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2 by Stephen Thrower. Uh, the cast on this, um, which is actually really similar to uh, the film Angel of Death. You have Howard Vernon, who plays Mengele. Um, Manuel Zarzo, Antonio Mayans, who's in it, Jose Lamas, uh, Helen Garrett, Rafael Correz, Juan Solar Cozar, Lina Rome, Kevin Connors, Lola Casado, Manuel Alexandre, Carlos Isbert, Augustin Gill, and Angel Oradales. So the production notes on this is um, begin in 1984. Gentes del Rio, a.k.a. River People, was quickly abandoned due to lack of finance. In 1986, with the participation of Howard Vernon, Franco shot new scenes in an attempt to revive the project, renaming it El Hombre Cu Mato e Mengele. In 1987, probably due to the row over... See, here it says 87, but the um, letterboxed thing says 85, but the Angel of Death disc says... 87, okay, so this is 87 too, that's bizarre, so it must make about sense. So in 87, probably due to the row over Golden Temple Amazons and Sida La Peste del Sigolo XX, Eurocene moved ahead with their own film on Mengele called Angel of Death. They say it was directed by Andrea Bianchi, based on a Jess Franco script, and starred Howard Vernon, Antonio Mayans, Jack Taylor, Emilio Linder, Shirley Knight, and Fernando Rey, all of whom had previously worked with Jess Franco. The whole affair is shrouded in secrecy and bad blood, but one thing for sure, Angel of Death was not directed by Franco, according to Stephen Thrower. The only question is how a film based on a script for which he'd failed to find money should end up being made by a virtual cabal of his erstwhile collaborators. In 1994, Franco claimed to have almost completed a film called Faut der Klaus, which seems to have been another attempt at finishing Gentes de Rio. 
even this failed to materialize for reasons unknown. So that's the notes in the book, Flowers of Perversion. Now I'm going to go on to uh, read the letterboxed, um, what they have written down, and some other people who have reviewed it and watched it and what they had thought about it. Not everyone, just kind of go through some things that I read that I thought was interesting. So a letterboxed entry says, Angel of Death, Commando Mangle, directed by Jesus Franco and Andrea Bianchi. 1985, 92 minutes. The blood of millions is on his hands. The power of evil is on his side. And their synopsis is, a Jewish commando unit hunting Nazi war criminals tracks down the infamous Dr. Mengele in the jungle and find that he is torturing nubile young virgins and performing horrible medical experiments on the locals. They prepare to battle their way past Mengele's hordes of fanatic Nazi bodyguards in order to get him. So... And, of course, it stars Christopher Mitchum as Wolfgang von Bakke, Susan Andrews as Ava, Fernando Rey as Ome Feisberg, Howard Vernon as Josef Mengele, Dora Dahl as Sarah, Jack Taylor as Aaron Horner. Actually, Jack Taylor's good in this. And Vernon's pretty good, too. He overacts, though. But, uh, Antonio Mayans as Mark Logan, Emilio Linder as Mickey, and Shirley Knight. And they have the crew as Jess Jesus Franco, director, Andrea Bianchi as director, Marius Lesur as producer, of course, Eurocene, Daniel Lesur from Eurocene, writer Jesus Franco, Daniel Lesur, writer, and Pierre E. Reinhard as the editor. So, all right, well, we have a reviewer here named Bob McQueen, and he says. Did Jess Franco and Andrea fight on the set here? Because this one was a slog. I saw Full Moon was coming out with a remastered blue, and it's available on their app. It looks great, but it's missing anything trashy. Like zero perviness. Uh, I disagree. Um, I immediately thought, just based on the content, it was going to be a total perv Nazi ploistation flick. But it's not, which is okay. No one likes a Nazi, but I do like some trash. But the most you get is seriously tight jeans and some male super... Short shorts, bulge. Wait. Only thing you get is seriously tight jeans and some male super short shorts, bulge action. Anyway, Dr. Bangley is alive and well and hiding in South American country. Uh, and instead of hiding somewhere inconspicuous, he's got a castle compound and makes everyone dress in blue shirts and blue jeans with little red armbands that have a little 4R on them. And he even has a helicopter with a big 4R logo on it. Admittedly, I was a moron and didn't realize that it stood for the Fourth Reich. Shake my head. Unlike Until like the end of the movie. There's also some human-chimp crossbreeding going on. There's a mullet. There's a real Holocaust photos. There's shitty little musical score. I don't know. Could have been better. Two and a half stars. Um, let's see. Uh, this is the thing there. Okay, um... So it says, um, for a film that bills itself as being, and this is by uh, Gentry here, for a film that bills itself as being about Nazi experimentation and secret hideouts in South America, it's just really dull. There are a number of plots that don't go anywhere, like the artificial insemination of a nightclub singer and the aforementioned acrobat who doesn't do any acrobatics. The tease of a film featuring some sleazy Nazi experiments actually boils down to a sad-looking room with a couple of extra hairy men and a monkey. 
I did kind of love the slow motion nihilism of the finale where everyone dies. And Bunnell, favorite Frank Fernando Ray, stares into the camera and wonders, when will this end? Um, okay. They're going to talk about somebody's private life here. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Okay. Um, As, oh yeah, here we go. Okay, Angel of Death is a movie I always wanted. This guy is uh, Smellington. Angel of Death is a movie I've always been interested in seeing, mostly due to a Fangoria review I read about 30 years ago. The review remarked on some of the various masochistic pleasures, such as having a character called Mr. Agility and then shooting him in the legs before doing anything remotely acrobatic, mentioning a room full of bizarre experiments and then blowing it up without showing anything and speculating that this was directed by Jess Franco, and this rumor persisted until the internet cleared things up. As for the Eurochine-produced Angel of Death, it's pretty dull. It does have Jack Taylor hunting Nazis, and the main target is Mangle, but Jack Taylor is the sixth build. So then Antonio Mayan shows up to investigate some Nazis, and he's even lower build. Top build, Christopher Mitchum, with a pretty solid mullet, is a disillusioned non-vet, now fascist collaborator, not much of an actor, but provides some needed charisma to the proceedings. Howard Vernon is Mangale and gets to dress up like a Nazi. Uh, cast does Beck and Franco, but Franco probably would have slipped in something mildly perverse. Uh, his otherwise dull Saturday afternoon snoozer. Um, I'll give you one last review that I thought was pretty good. Um, says that uh, One guy says that the film was abandoned by Franco early on when the Eurochim producers wanted to make some very different make something very different than the more sober story he had signed up for and it was finished by Andrea Bianchi as more of a trashy B-action movie uh, you could tell this is a bit of a mess that definitely feels unfinished and disconnected at times Franco seems to have absolutely hated the results and took his name off of it for the longest time this is weirdly feels like both a Franco and a Bianchi movie in different segments which is true that's what I mentioned uh, but at the same time, neither of them. Most of it's because both are known for making sleaze, and this is very tame in that department, especially for a film that deals with a deranged Nazi scientist. It's definitely pretty bad, and I did find it entertaining as a Nazi-themed B-action movie. The highlight was probably the cast, including Howard Vernon, trying to create a race of half-human, half-monkey supermen, Jack Taylor as a Nazi hunter, and Christopher Mitchum, who's just as bored and uncharismatic as a Nazi role villain than he usually is when playing the ham, playing the hero. Well, ham too. Um, yeah, yeah. Mitchum doesn't really do that much in this. He's just kind of like walking around, looks bored. Um, let's see. There's one guy that I always like here. This guy, Mark. He's always really good. Um, he's pretty thorough. So I'm gonna go through and read what he says. Um, Long thought to be a Jess Franco film. Posters credit the director as Frank Drew White, while the credit itself credits A M. Frank, F-R-A-N-C-K, White. This French, French Eurochim production of Angel of Death seems to be at least partially directed by the Spanish trash auteur, who apparently left early in the shoot and was replaced by Italian sleaze merchant Andrea Bianchi, best known for the legendary Oedipal zombie tit muncher Burial Ground. Featuring a cast filled with Franco regulars, past and future, Angel of Death is a cheap-ass dipshit Boys from Brazil with a team of Nazi hunters headed by Jack Taylor and Antonio Mayans, who usually went by Robert Foster, but here is credited simply as Robert. Yeah, it's funny, the end credits it says, and Robert. 
attempting to infiltrate the Paraguayan stronghold of a mysterious doctor, Howard Vernon, who's actually an incognito doctor, Joseph Mengele. Mengele. But instead of creating a race of Hitler clones, his scientific experiments here seem to be limited to a three unfortunate and very hirsute saps kept in a room. The result of Mengele artificially inseminating their mothers with chimpanzee sperm. There's also a chimp in the room with them, so hey, at least they're close with one parent. Somehow picked up in the U.S. by New World Pictures. Wow. Angel of Death is a cheap is so cheap that when Mangle mentions that he has better experiment studies downstairs, the film never ventures down there to see them. That's true. Top build Christopher Mitchum, who went from this to Franco's Faceless, sports a sublime mullet in a supporting role as Wolfgang von Becky, a disillusioned Vietnam vet who joined Mangle's cause as a trainer for his commando army, which gives Mitchum an excuse to bust out some of his trademark lanky white guy kung foolery. Angel of Death is filled with inept action sequences, clumsy fight scenes, missed opportunities. Why make such a big deal about one of the Nazi hunters being a professional acrobat if you're not even going to show him doing any acrobat shit before he gets killed? And moments of utter nonsense, like the one Nazi hunter who looks like a pro-bowling legend Marshall Holman and is always doing amateur kung fu moves in the background, like the nunchuck guy in Ghost World. Oh, and Fernando Rey, Frog 1 in The French Connection and star of several Bunel classics, plays the rich guy bankrolling the Nazi hunters and appears to have shot all of his scenes in one afternoon at his own house. Excruciatingly dull and overly slightly north of watchable, Angel of Death does provide some occasional amusements in a bad movie, but given the subject matter, it never follows through on its trashy and sleazy potential. The heroine, American actress Suzanne Andrews, has been artificially inseminated by Mengele, and she believes he's the father. Mitchum's von Becky scoffs at that, leading you to believe it's another simian experiment. But she's killed before she can give birth to a horrific half-human, half-chimp infant. Whether it's just Franco or Andrea Bianchi or the Euroshin guys or whoever, if you're going to commit, then why bother? If you're not going to commit, then why bother? This is Nazi poitation. You have to do reputation to uphold. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's basically what it is. Um, so. I'm not sure if Franco actually filmed anything or what. Um, like I mentioned, there's a scene where she talks about the flashbacks where she's uh, where she meets Mitchum's character at the party, and they go to there. That, that looks like just Franco shot it just by his style. And there's a scene when she's in the car and they're traveling, and that looks like a Franco shot that. Maybe like that scene, like he might have shot one or two days or something. Who knows? And then the rest is Andrew Bianchi, and then probably um, the Daniel Sewer and the other Euros, his brother from Euroscene. Looks like they kind of finished it up. So, um, well, I watched it. Um, I don't know, out of one to five stars, I'd, I'd probably give it two, maybe something like that. I'm not as hard on it because I was entertained. Uh, looking at Letterboxd, the cumulative review is probably, uh, what's it looking at here? 2.4. So, yeah, that's, that's about where I shoot it at, somewhere between two and two and a half. Um, I was entertained by it. It was very funny. Um, and Jack Taylor's, it's cool to see all the Jess Franco actors. You have Jack Taylor, you have Robert, Fa uh, Robert um, Antonio Mayans, you have, uh, Christopher Mitchum, of course, later for Faceless. Um, then you have Howard Vernon, of course, Jack Taylor, Antonio Mayans, I said. And so on the back of this box, they have, 
Howard Vernon built twice, which is pretty funny. And then you have um, uh, who else we have? Oh yeah, um, Jose Marfa as well, as he plays a small role as one of the Nazi hitmen who's killed. Um, but yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it. It was funny. Um, it's got really bad dubbing. The music's really bad. It's not Daniel White. It's like a, a keyboard and synthesizer music, which is interesting. It's like only a couple of themes and they play over and over and over again. Um, it starts off, let me give some of my notes here. It starts off with Body of Water and a Sailboat, which I was laughing right off the bat. I'm like, okay, this is a Franco film. You start off Body of Water and a Sailboat right in the very first shot, so that's totally funny. Um, and you have uh, Jack Taylor's crew kills a Dr. Hess and a driver right off the bat. And there's hotel scenes, because of course every Franco film has to have some hotel scenes. And there's the uh, Fourth Reich helicopter, which is funny. It's got like a 4R right on the side. They're definitely not shy about uh, telegraphing who they are or what's going on. So that's that's pretty funny. Um, one of the Nazi hunters is named Mr. Agility, and he works in the circus. And, uh, of course, I have one of the things on the Franco list, which we'll go over later, about uh, the handwritten sign. So he has a, a sticker on his trailer that looks like it was just made for this movie. And it says Mr. Agility, which was pretty funny. Um, and he's one of the guys that works with Antonio Mines at the circus. Um, Howard Vernon plays Mr. Herman, is what he's billed as, but he's called Joseph Mengele. Um, and the party sequence, that's what I, the, the party sequence where you introduced his character, that one I wrote Franco looked like he shot that just the way it was. And of course, during this period, too, Franco had a thing with karate. So there's like this karate scene where. You see one of the fighters, they go to his school, and he's teaching karate, and he's doing a lot of, a bunch of karate. And there's a lot of karate in this movie. There's karate with uh, that scene. There's karate when uh, Mitchum's training the, the soldiers. They do a lot of karate moves, and then later Mitchum fights the karate fighter, and all of his scenes are in really slow motion. For some reason, whenever they start breaking out in karate, the film slows down to like one-eighth speed, which is pretty funny. And, of course, the film quality changes, too. The, the film looks all real uh, grainy and stuff so um, let's see we have uh, slow motion um, Mitch, yeah attacks the three recruits it's pretty funny I wrote that down of course you have Jose Marfa as one of the Nazi hitmen very small role for him but it's cool to see another Franco face in here um, the on oh yeah which I liked uh, there's a guy one of the Nazi hunters is an audio engineer and he's actually really good and his room is really cool like where he hangs out and does all the recordings you see all these speakers and a lot of sound equipment and a lot of piles of uh, discarded audio uh, speakers and, and uh, cones and a lot of things that are kind of wires and stuff that are just there it's actually a, a really good setting I actually like that 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 uh, location a lot for this film that that scene added a lot to it i i thought um oh and then so it's funny when the nazi hunters uh fernando ray and them are looking up mangle and some of the people that they're doing research on the computer has a male voice which talks like this and gives the information which i don't know why they had to have that they could just read it but i don't know if they were got it off war games or, or some idea of the talking male computer voice on the computer which was pretty funny um they of course talk about their mating monkeys with men uh Mengele had supposedly inseminated a woman with chimpanzee sperm and there was a guy who was a half ape half human 
and there's also a chimpanzee in the room, and then you see these other people that are bandaged up, and they have like hair on their face, and it's pretty goofy looking, something like out of uh, the Ape Man with uh, Bela Lugosi or something from like the 40s, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, let's see what else you have. Um, oh, yeah, Howard Vernon is totally overacts as Mengele, and uh, he has these big dialogue scenes, and they play some like Nazi speeches in the background, and some of the music when he's like going off and talking about things, which is pretty goofy. Um, so at the end, they they do the big raid on the compound. Of course, they talk about it. so yeah, it's funny he like it's, they're supposed to be a conspicuous river, and he has like this big castle, and, and it's pretty funny, goofy. He has all these soldiers and stuff, and everybody's wearing blue jeans. Um, and a big raid on the compound with Jack Taylor and Antonio Mayans and company. And, uh, one of the guys, uh, I think his name was Garcia or something, but, but they didn't say who he was. So I was trying to look up his name. He's actually really good. He has like this crossbow and he's like shooting everybody with this like crossbow gun. And then they, he, the helicopter finds him and they're trying to shoot him. And he has, hooks up this like special we- uh, arrow that has like explosives on it and shoots a helicopter out of the sky with this fucking crossbow, which is pretty funny. Um, and then they do another slow motion karate fight for the second time. And then later on, they do another third slow motion shot with, uh, Mitchum versus the karate guy. And they do that. And of course, they talk about the helicopter blowing up. And in the end, when they're about to kill Mengele, he blows up himself in the castle and Mitchum escapes. Mitchum kills, uh, a spoiler alert, it kills Antonio Mayans and the American actress lady. And then, uh, Jack Taylor kills Mitchum. So... Everybody kind of blows up the end. It's kind of sad. They like kill all the fucking Nazi hunters and Mitchum dies and, and Mangle dies. But, uh, Jack Taylor lives and he gives the pictures to Fernando Ray and Fernando Ray says, how long must this go on? Which, well, the movie's over now, so you don't have to go on any longer. Um, in the credits, they have the director, like I said earlier as AM Frank, F R A N C K AM Frank white, and in the script, it has two other names and David Kuhn, which, of course, is just Franco's alias. So, yeah, Franco's fingerprints are on this. Um, who knows, actually, how much he directed, if he directed anything. I think he might have directed one or two scenes, and that's about it. He might have done, like, a day or two of shooting and then just fucking split and then brought in Bianchi. Almost like uh, they did with Jean Roulin uh, with Zombie Lake and that. So that might have been what happened or what. But cause Franco wrote that had all the Franco actors in it. But I wanted to include this on the Franco podcast um, because, you know, we're getting close to the end of the podcast. There's about 20 episodes left, so I figured instead of skipping this film, I'd throw it in. And, uh, you know, even though the Full Moon release has, you know, Jess Franco's Angel of Death and it's got him as a co-director on there, it's a little bit of false advertising. But, of course, they want to sell as many units as they can, so they're going to put Franco's name on it and dupe in people that don't know any better. And at the time, I didn't know if it was not his film or not. But I am an Andrea Bianchi fan as well, like Beagle Ground and other films that he's did. So, you know, I went ahead and picked it up. And I'm happy that I did because Full Moon Blu-rays are pretty cheap. They're usually only about 10, 12, 15 bucks, something like that at the most. So it was it was fine. The quality of the print looks good. Uh, it's nice and crisp. Um, there's no special features, just uh, some trailers for some other films and uh, 2.0 stereo and 5.1 sound um poster art's pretty cool um but yeah just a a standard um full moon release so nothing too outstanding but definitely worth a pickup if you can find it cheap um 
It might also be streaming on Tubi. I'm not sure. Um, but also on their full moon station. I'm sure they have it streaming as well. So, all right, well, uh, let's hit the Franco list on this, uh, because like I said, he did write it, I guess, or partially written it. So I wanted to go through the Franco list and see what hits on the Franco observer podcast checklist. This is of course a checklist. If you listen now by 141 episodes, you should know this by now. But this is a reoccurring theme of tropes and situations and things that are used in most of his films. All right, number one, body of water. Yes, of course, starts off with the body of water. And number two, sailboat. You see a body of water and a sailboat right off the bat. So maybe a little gives you false hope in the beginning. Let's say start by saying that. Uh, number three, boats. Yeah, um, I didn't really catch, I think maybe one in the very beginning besides the sailboat, but it's not featured in anything. So there's that. Number four, palm trees. Yes, there's plenty of palm trees in this film. Number five, jungle jungle sound effects. No, um, even though there is some jungle areas and stuff, um, there's really no jungle sound effects in this. Number six, chained up person. Yeah, there's a woman that's locked up in a holding cell, and there's chains on the door of the holding cell, but she's not physically chained up in the cell, so partial points on that. Number seven, dance scenes on stage stripping. No, there's actually no nudity in this. Nobody gets on stage and strips, um, even though Lena's not in it, so she's not stripping, and there's no strippers in this. Even though the ladies are, like, working a club and stuff, but you don't have that. But eight, club scenes, dancing in a bar. Yeah, the, the, the lady that gets hired to go to the party and meet Mangle and have the experiments done to her. She uh, works at a club, and you see people dancing and being at the bar and everything there. Uh, number nine, jazz music. No, there's no jazz music, unfortunately, just a keyboard synthesizer score and that type of stuff. It's not very good either. Uh, number It's pretty funny, though. Number ten, excessive zooms. Um, Since Franco didn't shoot this, I have some say no. There's some zooms in and stuff, but nothing too crazy. A lot of just standard shots. Number 11, out-of-focus shots. Yeah, there is quite a few, actually. This part where he's looking through binoculars and the guys go out of focus and stuff, and there's a few in there with that. Uh, 12, mirror shots. Yeah, there's actually a few mirrors in here. They don't mean anything, but there are mirrors in here. Fernando Ray's house, there's a big mirror. There's uh, some mirrors, in, of course, in Mangley's compound, and uh, I think a mirror in Antonio Mayan's place before his girlfriend gets killed. Uh, number 13, mind control themes. Um, no, there's medical experiments, but in the troops are under the control of Mangle, but there's no, like, hooked up to mind control stuff or nothing like that. Uh, 14, magic tongue scenes. No magic tongue. But, number 15, red light. Yes. In Mangle's room where he has his pictures of him, which is funny, there's pictures of young Howard Vernon that looks like it's from, uh, Dr. Orloff or some period with Hitler, the course, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, photoshopped type deal where they're putting together. Um, but and there's a big red light in his room, which is funny because you see the red light on Jack Taylor's face when he comes in at the end, and the red light on Howard Vernon's face when he's in this Nazi room. That's like his fucking Nazi shrine room, I guess. So yeah, there's red light in that scene. Uh, Sixteen sheepskin rug. No. Uh, masturbation with a letter C item, like a cigar, cigarette, claw, cane, nothing like that. No. Uh, 17, mad scientist and servant. Well, yeah, I'd say the mad scientist is, uh, Dr. Mangle, Howard Vernon, and his servant is, uh, 
Christopher Mitchum. So yeah, mad scientist and servant for sure. 18, fish tank shots. No. 19, talking parrots. Nope, no talking parrots, no talking animals. All those are chimpanzee, but he doesn't talk. Uh, 20, end credits, yes or no? Yeah, actually, it's quite a bit. It has everybody's name running at the end and all the credits because it's not a proper Franco film, so it's a traditional ending of a film. Uh, 11, handwritten notes. Yeah, there's the Mr. Agility sticker. There's uh, some really bad, oh yeah, there's another thing I mentioned. There's these bad maps where they have like the layout of the comp- compound. He's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And you can see it's, it's like got a marker and they drew like squares and this little fucking castle compound thing and little circles and stuff. It looks really, really, really basic. It's pretty funny. Uh, number 22, spiral staircase shots. Yeah, there's spiral staircase in uh, Mangle's compound and one other place. I forgot to write it down, but uh, let me see where we at here. 22. Yeah, definitely. So at least one or two, but definitely one for sure. Uh, 23, inept cops. Well, the cops are corrupt. Um, the Nazi hunters were going to go the Early in Antonio Mines was going to call the cops. So they say no because the, the cops are going to be controlled by the money that comes into the to the area. So they're more corrupt cops. And they are inept to their corrupt. So, yeah. Number 24, belly chains. Nope, no belly chains. Number 25, kinks. Well, uh, you have the mating of the uh, chimpanzee with humans. That's bestiality. So, or bestiality. Um, that would be yes on that. And uh, not... Not any other sex stuff in here besides that. Like I said, there's no nudity or nothing to get on that with. So, 26, great headboards. No, there's just standard headboards. Um, Antonio Mines place, he has a cool, like, kind of a white headboard thing. It's all right, but nothing to write home about. Uh, number 27, fear or desire? Uh, well, fear, of course, because he's like the Nazi and their desire to kill him, so... I'd say more fear, but there is definitely desire to kill Mangle, so. 28, acoustic guitar player. No, no acoustic guitar players in this film. Nobody plays acoustic guitars or nothing like that. Just the really bad electric score, electronic score. Uh, 29, reading a book scene. No, um, they read files and they do research that they're looking up, but nobody, like, stops to read a book in the film. Although, uh, one of the Nazi hunters does read a newspaper in the lobby of the hotel, where he's pretending to kind of like watch the uh, Jack Taylor so he doesn't get killed by Jose Marfa. So I think you can count that partial point. And finally, number 30, P scene. No, no P scene, although I got to use the bathroom. That's why I'm kind of rushing through here at the end. <laughs> so yeah, there's no P scenes in the film. Nobody talking about going P or nothing. That was in the last film. There's definitely P scenes in that. So yikes. So. Yeah, so that was this film. This is uh, just Franco's Angel of Death. And uh, this is, of course, episode 141. And I'm not going to say film number because this is not a Franco film. So even though it would have been his unfinished film number 10, if it would have been the um, the men who killed Mengele, which is what he wanted to do. Um, what was it called again? Uh, El Hombre Kumato e Mengele. So, yeah, I mean, this is this has the seeds of his stuff, so this would be his unfinished film number 10 in his deal. Um, and during this period, too, there's quite a few unfinished films. And I, I, I might do an episode um, to keep the street going of the films that he didn't finish. Maybe go go through and do some of those one time. It might be kind of interesting because he's quite a, quite a, got quite a few of the unfinished films, so we can knock those out sometime. We'll see how that goes.
we'll see how everything runs with uh, my jobs and getting the other films finished and all the good stuff we got to do. So, well, hey, look at that. It's almost 40 minutes long. So we got a cool little bonus episode here. Um, so we know Jess Franco's birthday would have been May 11th. So if you, uh, this is actually going to run after that. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, you have already celebrated Jess Franco's birthday. Follow me on the Franco Observer uh, podcast um, site on Instagram, and we'll talk about Jess Franco. Um, yeah, let me do some of these plugs here. Good call. So uh, there's a donation button on the Red Circle app. If you like the program and you dug it over here the last three years, if you want to throw me some money, you can always appreciate it. Or also, too, um, if you like the films that I do, you can buy those as well. Uh, you can get a hold of me at desperatevisions at yahoo.com and I will send you the link to the manufacturer that you can order them from or you can order them directly from me and I'll ship them to you as well. We take PayPal on that as well. So yeah, you can get a hold of me at francoobserver at, um, or actually desperatevisions at yahoo.com or you can find me on the Franco Observer page on Instagram or um, the Franco Observer podcast page Desperate Visions page on Facebook under Jason Rudy. Um, you can download the show, of course. They're always free to download, and please subscribe. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, yeah, we're on probably 12 to 15 different deals, so all that stuff. Tell a friend. If you like the show, if you like my movies... One of the best things you can do for me, since I don't have a budget for advertising, is to tell people about it. Um, word of mouth is always strong, and with independent, micro-budget guys like me, we depend on word of mouth. So the worst thing you can do is keep it to yourself. Tell everybody about it. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Please, please spread the word of the Freight Cobes River Podcast. Spread the word of Desperate Visions Productions. Spread the word of Lady Hyde, Emmanuel and Sin City and all the releases through Desperate Visions Productions. Help out the small man, please. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, like I said, for ordering or anything, you can get a hold of me at either DesperateVisions at Yahoo.com or FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. Like I said before, we got Facebook page, Franco Observer Podcast. We have an Instagram page, uh, the Franco Observer Podcast. And, of course, mission statement is in praise and memory of Jess Franco bringing the word and films of Jess Franco to new eyes and ears. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing here for the last, coming on three years soon, by the time this ends. So I think I've achieved my mission statement. I think I've done my purpose. I've turned on a lot of new people to Jess Franco. I went through and researched every one of these films and reviewed and watched every one of these films and, uh, well, I mean, a few of the porno ones I skipped, but, you know, I'm saying I did the heavy load to, to try to keep the word on and keep the memory of Jess Franco going and to uh, let everybody share in the love of Jess Franco. And uh, we have a really good community here. We got listeners all over the world. You know, we got people that have been on since day one. Uh, my friend Ragnar has been cool in Norway and that, and, and he's been listening and spreading the word. So I thank you on that. We've got my friend Collie in L.A., We've got people in Canada, people in Spain, people in Lisbon, We've got people all over the place. Um, 
Philippines. We got people just all over the world. So I thank you for that. And please keep listening and thank you for being a fan. And uh, please support Desperate Visions. Buenas noches, Maha. Buenas noches, Maha. Ah.